Last Friday, we released part one of our interview with John Morton, Chris Hurst, and Sylvia Wilkinson. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should probably go and do that because you might be a little lost on part two. But if you have, here's part two. We hope you enjoy. For you, what's wow. it what's it been like kind of being around John and, and some other people that have been around around racing for a long time? Uh, so first of all, I, I came out to Willow Springs was the first time me and John met. And uh, the, the other guy on the team is Steve Nichols, who was Senna's race engineer. And I didn't know a lot of the history of racing, so I had no idea who they were. <laughs> <laughs> and, Steve O'Hara pulled me over to the side at one point and he goes, do you know who that guy is? I said, no. He goes, that's John Morton. And I went, okay. And then he said, he said, I know he, he introduced said, himself he earlier. He's a, he's a legend. He said, that guy's a, a legendary racing driver. He's done all this stuff. And I, I went, oh, wow. <laughs> and it, it's, it's been unreal to race with them because you ask them any question and the response is like, an hour, but, <laughs> but everything you would have wanted to know gets answered down and there. And there's like no debating because John has this incredible catalog of race history. He can, and, and Steve, and they can just sit there and go on well, 1974 in this car on this track on this day when the weather was doing this and this guy <laughs> was running this car and it's, Oh, okay. So now I know what Springs I need to, to, to buy, you know, it's yeah. like, you just, it's like having, it's like having an encyclopedia at, at your fingertips at the track and the driving technique that these guys have. I mean, I, I still have to work really hard to match their times and and best them if if I do that and they're just they're just so talented these guys I mean it's hard to really put into words what it's like uh driving with them I mean to me it's like it's like a dream it's like I woke up on a dream team of the <laughs> the, the best people you would ever, ever want to share a car with so yeah I mean just just incredible and and amazing every time I get to to go out with them yeah, yeah. well those are nice compliments but uh you know, it really hurts an old man to get beaten by a kid like Chris, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it hurts me and 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 uh, and Steve. Uh, well, Steve Nichols is his ex. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yeah, actually, um, Chris was actually telling me about him. Yeah, Steve O'Hara was a a driver and a very good driver. Um, S Steve Nichols is is uh, he's a good driver, but he was. He designed the MP44, which is the car Senna and Prost won world championships in, mm -hmm. and he was uh, Senna's Senna's uh, engineer. And that's that's even though his forte was not driving, even though he did you know he did do some club racing, I guess in England some Formula Fords, and still does some. But um, it's it's pretty cool to be on a team with Senna's. Uh, Senna's engineer, just, yeah. just the ambiance of 
of having a guy at that level. <laughs> Has he tried to completely re-engineer your Trump car yet? N- no, they make him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's wrecked it more than anybody else. <laughs> so he's had to he do quite a bit of the it. work. Yeah. <laughs> and the, here's the goofy thing: the guy flies over from. He lives in England. He's from Salt Lake originally, and he he was in on the early development of autoclaves, and that's how he ended up, I think, uh, at McLaren doing the, uh, you know, the carbon chassis. Mm-hmm. But uh, he flies over from England every year, every race, every chump car race. <laughs> really? And flies back after the race <laughs> is over. And I think, man, that's a lot of work for a chump car race. <laughs> Where all where all of you guys run that car at together? Oh, we were the first time I, Vegas. I think I met you the first Vegas. time at, at Las Vegas. Yeah. Okay, uh, we raced there. Uh, we raced at Laguna Seca. We raced at Auto Club two or three times. We raced at um, Circuit of the Americas. Circuit of the Texas. Americas. We raced at um, uh, Thunder Hill. Yeah. We I raced at Willow Springs. And is that I haven't been to Thunder Hill yet, but yeah, yeah. Willow Springs was the last. Yeah, my one. my first time at Thunder Hill was uh, the twenty five hour yeah, last year. I, I didn't I, I didn't I, drive. Yeah, I want to run but... that. That looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did. It's not. That's <laughs> miserable race because it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. It usually rains. Well, we were racing a a, a Datsun five ten, and they, there were fast. You know, there were late Porsches in the race. Yeah. And it just, I, I didn't have a good time. It was okay. John but, gets to be choosy now with what he, yeah. what he wants to <laughs> Well, it was too cold and yeah. it was too slow. And, and like I, didn't, I didn't feel like I was doing very well. So anyway. So your guys' jump car now, it's a 240Z, correct? Right, okay. 240Z. So what do you think is a better car, a current jump car 240Z or a 240Z that you raced back in the 70s? Oh, the, it's, I don't want to call it apples and oranges. It's the same basic chassis. Right. Um, Just with all, like, the new technology that could be applied, like the new street tires and stuff. Yeah. I assume the new street tires are probably faster and better tires probably than the tires fa- you're racing back then. Probably better than what we had, but our car had more power in okay. 1970. Right. 71. Um, I can't remember the best time we ever did at Willow in the chump car. Do you remember? Uh, it was, I did a 3506, but the brakes were Something like that. But the brakes Chris probably working. did. You don't need brakes, man. Yeah, the yeah. pedal was just going, <laughs> <Yeah. to> the, <laughs> going right to the yeah. floor, yeah. But, but back in 1970, the track was narrower. Same Went the same. Mm-hmm. Same uh, layout. But it, it's better now, and they say it's quite a bit faster. Back then, we did 33 with our Z car. Oh, wow. Okay. We had stock brakes, stock wow. street stock brakes. Wow. We had a, like a 270 horsepower engine, which is considerably more than the chump car has because yeah. just the rules. Was that still a two four back then, or yeah, that was two four. Okay, yeah, same engine. Just a lot of head work and stuff like that, I assume. Yeah, we had, uh, you know, the best porting we could do or yeah. have done, and we had. Uh, you know, a lot of compression. We did. It was not a 24-hour, or a t- it wasn't. It wouldn't have come. Well, we haven't done that well in the chump car stuff because <laughs> of little nitpicky things. We're fast. Mm-hmm. This car, though, 
we, when we first started running it in 70, we won the national championship in 70 and 71 at the runoffs in Road Atlanta. The first year we raced it, we would run an engine a half hour and change it. Really? So that's how, wow. that's what a hand grenade it was in the beginning. Yeah. And then at the end, probably at the by the end of 71, we would maybe run a whole weekend on one engine. Okay. Never, never more than that. Huh. What would typically fail on, on the motors back at then? At first, it was, we had a crankshaft problem that okay. was inherent with a bad, badly designed crank. Um, or inadequately, maybe not badly, but they came out with another crank pretty quickly, and that helped. But it had a vibration. Uh, Six-cylinder inline sixes tend to have a vibration, and and we had a lot of trouble associated with that. We huh. were losing clutches, not from power, but from this from frequencies, welding the crank sh shaft and the flywheel together just from from harmonics mm -hmm. and things like that. But when that got sorted out, it became much more reliable, but it's never as reliable as this chump car engine is now. Okay. Yeah, you know, my uh, my dad and I actually restored a 240Z when I was in high school, uh -huh. a 72, and then I had a 260 um, uh -huh. that I had done some some engine work to and everything. It was Those are really fun cars, and I don't think people realize that you can make that much power with one of those motors. You can make a lot of power the the... It depends on. I just ran one in uh, in Virginia, an SCCA car mm -hmm. that has less power than we had back then. Okay, and probably has a little bit more power than more than the chump car, but less than we had back in 1971. Okay, so, um, you know, it it just depends on the rules. You could make a Z. Uh, you know, they got bigger and bigger. They got to be three liter, and then yeah. they started making them even bigger than that. Yeah. Um, and they can get well over 300 horsepower. Yeah, I know at, now, like, the is it, level. I think Rebello actually makes, like, a 3.1 kit using, like, the L28 diesel crank out of the Maxima. Um, but they're making, you know, three, three yeah. plus. I've driven with several Rebello engines, and they're, you know, they're really good. Yeah. He's a, a real expert on those things. Yeah. So those cars are just uh, timeless. Yeah, I um, think the best chump car probably, if I had to start from scratch, I mean, I hate to, <laughs> I'm not touting ch chump car. Hate to sacrifice one? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying I hate to say so many good things about chump car because I think that some parts of the series are really stupid. They don't qualify. They don't practice. <laughs> they just start racing. And until recently, until the last race, they just started throwing the flag whenever they decided hmm. to throw the, the green anywhere in the field it, yeah it's stupid and uh but they're learning yeah so it's getting better and it's way better than lemons yeah those are stupid no, races. over over on the east coast um there's uh, like a aer american endurance uh, uh -huh. racing and then wrl world world racing league uh -huh. um that WRL you know both uh similar you know obviously endurance racing long races yeah um but a few of them require comp licenses and things like that so yeah. it's it's a little more, you kind of know what you're getting into a little bit more. Yeah. Um, most likely you'll get to drive the car that you're driving uh, as long as it's, as long as it doesn't get damaged yeah. by someone on the team, not by somebody else. Um, but no, I, what's interesting about, you know, lemons and chump car though, uh, to me, it kind of opened up endurance racing to the masses. Uh, and I think without those, 
uh, we wouldn't have like AER and WRL and things like that. People that that go to those events and say, hey, this is great, but I want to take it a little bit more seriously. Um, You know, we wouldn't have had that. Jump car is more serious than lemons. Yeah. The only thing that I, you know, there's still people seem to take pride in making the cars look as shitty as they possibly can. (laughs) I mean, they try to, they want them to be fast, but they, I don't know, this is... uh, Oh, no, it's great. It's okay to say. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And our car looks great. Our car looks every bit as good as the SCCA car I raced a few weeks ago. Hmm. And in some ways better. I mean, it's a beautiful car. And it was built from a, you know, from a derelict kind of a not not a real good car. But they did a beautiful job. And every time we wreck it, they fix it to look just as good as it was before we wrecked it. It's like a real race program. (laughs) It really is. And the reason I'm doing it at all is because I bought I bought a Jeep from a guy I didn't know, and he was a race fan and had had some racing background, um, and he became a good friend. And we'd go, he and several of his other friends would go up to Monterey for the MotoGP every year. We did it for about six years, huh. and he'd pay for the tickets and. And the pit passes and the motel room, it was it was great. And he was a really wonderful guy, uh, is a wonderful guy, Bruce uh, Mills. I still have the Jeep, and I've had a great time with the Jeep, so it was a double whammy. Yeah, it's like a Wrangler? And, or? Yeah, Wrangler. Okay. And, and so the, thir- the third positive, it wasn't as positive as the other two, as the Jeep or the motorcycle, but he said, if I build a race car with... A Z car? Would you race it in chump, chump car? And I didn't even know what chump car was. And I, <laughs> I said, yeah, but I was pretty sure he wouldn't do it. Yeah, but he did it. So I <laughs> called your bluff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think he. And he's done a great job. I mean, he's he takes it so seriously. He's just one of those guys. He's yeah, a perfectionist. It's. I mean, that's kind of a, a really funny story. I mean, I've met. I've met some people just in really strange ways, buying things off of them or, you know, or selling things to them. It's uh, obviously if you have something that, you know, that they want or they have something that you want, you obviously have similar taste. Uh, and I've actually made some really good friends that way. So it's, yeah. it's kind of funny that you bring that up. Well, when I went to buy the Jeep, a friend of mine found it on the Internet. And I, I said I like a Jeep, but I wasn't looking for one. I said I'd like one out in Utah to go camping and stuff. And so he sees this Jeep. She saw this Jeep and said, this is a good deal. Why don't you call 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 the, the people up? So I did. I called, and I got a hold of a woman. It was happened to be Bruce's wife, Bruce Mills' wife, um, Carrie. And I, I said, what is, is the Jeep ever? What is it? And it's, well, it's uh, how many miles? 6,000. And... Uh, this is never driven at all. Yeah, hard. This is in <laughs> 2004. It's a 2000 Jeep. And I said, has it ever been off-road? And she very sheepishly said, well, yeah, I went on a fire road once. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, well, if you've still got it at the end of the day, maybe I'll come over and look at it. So I went on the Internet, and I'm looking up Jeeps. And this thing was so cheap and so good that I called her back. And I said, I'll take it. If it's what you say, I'll take it. And I went back over there, and she's she and her husband are washing it in the front yard. And I, I said, you don't have to wash it. I can see it's perfect, and it was. It was like new, and they except for the dog here in the back. And so they, um, they said, no, we want it to be perfect. 
And I said, why are you selling it? Well, I've got, you know, motorcycles and uh, I got a lot of, I have go-karts and I, I, I race go-karts. And, and he said, and I know, you know, a friend of mine is Dennis Firestone. I said, I know Dennis. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I used to go to the races with him at Riverside and we had a you know, great time. I would help him with his, you know, with his car. And I said, I raced at Riverside. I said, in fact, I won the last professional race they ever had there. And, and he said, what's your name? And I said, <laughs> and so he knew who I was. So he ran in to get a Trans Am book. And, <laughs> and so we, you know, we connected. That's pretty funny, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his wife, he said... He said to his wife, give him the Jeep. He, he wasn't serious, but I, it, I've had so much fun with that Jeep and so much fun doing things with Bruce that, yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're really uh, close friends. Yeah. Now, do you have anybody that you used to, used to race with that you still keep in touch with uh, a decent amount? Yeah, I just got a call last week from a, a guy I raced with a lot, Peter Halsmer. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he was a – he ran at Indy, and he we were teammates on a 962 team, hmm. good rich team, and um, yeah, we've been friends for a long time, and uh, we both have a connection with airplanes too. So he, yeah, I saw your aircraft uh, spruce and specialty book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they actually have a location in Atlanta that was yeah, a I mile know. in Peachtree I, City. It's a mile from from the house I grew up in. I went to get some bolts last week, and they were uh, back ordered. And they weren't back ordered. They said they got them in Atlanta, so yeah. they sent them to it. Okay. They came in the mail a couple of days ago from Atlanta. Okay. Now talk about a good place to be into aviation between Utah and here. I mean, there's a there's a lot to see out here. Yeah, yeah, and it's easy to get out there with the to fly. Yeah, it's a long drive. But yeah, it's not a very <laughs> not as bad of a flight. No. So when did you get into aviation? Uh, I I started taking lessons at the end of 1985. Okay. In fact, Pete Halsmer got me into it because he'd been a pilot since he was a kid. His father oh, yeah. owned a little airport in uh, uh, Indiana, and he um, he learned to fly when he was 16, I think. Okay. And so he flew when we were racing together, and we were racing a Porsche 962 in the IMSA series, and at the end of the year, he finished second in the Porsche Cup. And I finished like tenth or something like that, and I said, well, "How come I finished tenth and we're driving the same car?" And and the Porsche people said, "Well, because he was the lead driver." Well, I didn't even know there was a lead driver. I didn't know what that was, but it made meant he got twice as many points as I did. Huh? So he felt we went to Ger we got to go to Germany, and he won twelve thousand dollars, and I won two thousand, I think. And he felt guilty, so he bought me flying lessons. <laughs> He paid for my first 10 hours of flying lessons. Yeah. You know, I actually, um, a couple years ago, I ran into a guy that raced uh, uh, 914-6 in IMSA um, in the Atlanta area. His name was uh, Doug. I forget what his last name was. Um, but he did that. And then uh, he introduced me to uh, to Mike Levitas, who did some some racing back then as well. Um, wow. You know, it's just it's just funny how everybody kind of, like, knows somebody from, you know, from their racing endeavors, yeah. and they, they stay in touch with them for a long time, yeah, too. Yeah, I've stayed in touch with several. There are a few I didn't want to stay in touch with, but, but I, <laughs> yeah, I've stayed in. Well, Peter was the, the one that I've, we went back to the day I drove 
that Cobra at Riverside. Yeah, he was he was there at the beginning. And we're still we're still friends. Yeah. When is this gonna this gonna um, go? Not sure. Probably in the next week or two. Well, then I can then I can say because next week there's a roast for Peter. Oh really? For his 80th birthday, and I'm one of the roasters. <laughs> so uh, please say it, you guys are going to record party. That. So I didn't want this to go out. Okay. Before. No, I'll, I'll make sure it doesn't. Before next week. Okay. Yeah. You guys need to record that though. I think that'd make for some really funny. Uh, I'm sure some really will. funny it's video. Big, it's going to be at uh, Gallup and Ford. Okay. Yeah. That'll be that'll be really cool. <laughs> yeah, and I guess they've got a full house, and, and it's a strange birthday party because you got to pay to go to the birthday party. <laughs> you don't have to bring a present, but you have to yeah. pay. <laughs> so, what's um, you know, of of all of the eras that you've raced in, what to you has been kind of the the pinnacle, I guess, um, either from a technological standpoint or from uh, you know. Uh, talented driver field standpoint. I mean, what to you stands out as kind of the most, the most interesting in your mind? I think if I had to, to say which ones I enjoy, enjoyed the most would be which specific event would be Le Mans. Okay. Because it's just, it's just such a big deal. Yeah. I think the best racing, um, and I never had a good car in it. I never got to the level. Uh, I never drove for a good team, but I drove in a, f a few IndyCar races. Okay. And I thought they were the best prof at a professional level because they were, you know, the races would be on time. There wouldn't be any. They were everything was was you know, was done in a very professional manner. Um, the history went back to the beginning of, of of racing in America almost I mean the first Indy 500 was 2000 was 1911 so just being involved in the in that historically plus the fact that it was actually the the highest level of racing in America uh, I guess stock cars is, have definitely supplanted it in that it, but there was never going to be a stock car race that's as important as the Indy 500. Right. So I'm still partial to Indy cars, and I, I'm glad that as little as I did, I did some. Yeah. No, I mean that's got to be, you know, uh, quite a an interesting thing to do. I mean, you obviously probably remember your first time driving at Indy. Um, I never you know, drove it. I never. I did the rookie test in '93. Okay. I never raced in the Indy 500. That first okay. race I ran was the Long Beach Grand Prix. Oh, really? In uh, 1984. Okay. I ran it in '80 in '75 in a Formula 5000 car because the first one was Formula 5000, and then it was Formula One and up through '83, and then from '84 on, it's been an Indy car race, and I was in it in '84. Okay. So how was that? Did you uh, did you go and practice uh, at Long Beach just uh, in the middle of the year? You know, just go drive the course. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. No, <laughs> not really. No, that wouldn't work. Well, I'd race there, but they trained. They, for the first first several years, they kept changing the tracks. So okay, it was never knew what you're going to get that year. Huh? Never sure. <laughs> you, you know, it wasn't always the same as it was the year before. Yeah. So I'd only race there in '75, and then again in '84, and it was quite a bit different. A, a lot different same general area but right. the track was different then i ran the pocono 500 um 
Laguna Seca, Mid Ohio, Caesar's Palace. Caesar's um, Palace. What was that? They had a formula. Uh, they actually had a Can Am preliminary to the Formula One race in Caesar's Palace, and they had had an Indy Car race another year. Really? And it was in the Caesar's Palace parking lot. Huh. Which is now a building. That's pretty cool. I hope it's not Trump Tower, but anyway, (laughs) it's 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 in the parking lot that Caesar's Palace had a big open asphalt area that they they made a track. Wow, so like you used to be able to race lots of different places that I guess now due to safety regulations and things like that. It wasn't dangerous there. No? No, I mean, as far as the track safety goes, it it wasn't pretty, it wasn't. It was kind of a Mickey Mouse track. Okay. Just laid out on a big slab of asphalt, basically. But it was it was a decent track. Okay. And that that and I ran the Can Am. I ran the IndyCar race there, and I th- I ran the Can Am there. One year or two years, I can't remember. I'd have to look back at it. Okay. Stuff. So you know, kind of starting your racing career here, and knowing that some of the tracks that you used to race on are no longer around. What? What do you consider your home track now? Uh, it was Riverside, and it went away. Right. If I had a home track, I, I guess I'd have to say Willow Springs. I raced. Okay. That first race I ran there was 1963. Oh, wow. And the last time I drove there was about mm, three weeks ago. Okay. Now, what was the uh, the George Lucas film that was filmed out there? Didn't he film something when he was in film school? Out at Willow Springs? Um, he, he may have. I, I didn't know that. He did that... That thing with some letters in it, the space. Oh, that star, T. that star, Star Trek, right? No, no, <laughs> Star, no, it was star Wars. Wars. It, was movie. He, he, it was a thing he did when he was in film school at, I, I don't remember if it was USC or UCLA, but he was in film school and he did a movie. Okay. And funny thing is, I worked, I had a, a best friend that worked at Shelby's, older than I was, and he was preparing my lotus for just i did you know just because he was my friend he was very meticulous and uh george this kid came to with pictures of race cars to show my friend ole olson and uh so i got to know him a little bit just a young kid and i said what are you do you want to be in racing no well i want i kind of want to he was like at a formative kind of a crisis and not a crisis but a place in his life where he had to decide what he wanted to do and i already knew what i wanted to do this would have been 1966 i think and i said what do you, what do you plan to do and he said well i i made, did a movie in college I, I really enjoyed it i'd like to get into the film business huh and i'm thinking and he wore glasses like i did and i think i'm think i didn't say this but i thought <laughs> you picked a real easy thing to do. <laughs> not, and i thought you'll never have got up he was a nice shy kind of so about 10 years later, I'm watching the Academy Awards, and they panned in on a, the director of American Graffiti, George. I said, There's, yeah. there he is. That's him. <laughs> so this was like 1966, and, and he was like, I want to be a film director. Right. And you were like, I want to be a race car driver. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up cool. uh, doing okay in the film business. Yeah. A lot better than I did in the racing <laughs> business. But my friend, my, my roommate, when we worked at, we both worked at Shelby's, Alan Grant, was a friend of Lucas's, and uh, I don't think he sees them much anymore. But they were good friends, and 
and he'd go to the races. Lucas would go to the races with Alan. And, right. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's really cool. I mean, it's uh, quite a small world. I mean, I guess back then, 1960s L.A. was a little bit different than, uh, you know, 2015, 2016 L.A. Yeah, it was um, the same thing, only smaller and better. <laughs> and the air wasn't as good, though. No? Yeah, the air is better now. Really? Even with more people? Yeah. Man. It's all those race cars you guys used to drive without any cats or anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what, well, it wasn't race cars, but it was just cars. Yeah, yeah. just That's in why general. cars make more power now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Shelby's shop, when you used to work in it, was that when it was down just up the street from us here in El Segundo? Um, it was in Venice, wasn't it? Yeah. I okay. Was, I was there yesterday. Oh, really? bicycle. I, it's kind of a destination when I ride my bike. Yeah. About once a week I go go by Shelby's to see what's going on in that building. Now, the building's still there. Okay. And it's very much like it was. They put new windows and doors in, but it's still uh, 1042 Princeton Drive. Yeah. And that was the beginning of Shelby's. And then uh, that was 62 through 64. And into early 65, they moved to the airport right here. Okay. A mile from here. Okay. To the one of the big hangar, two of the big hangars that are still there, but they don't look the same. They've been all retrofitted for earthquakes and change, right. but they're same basic buildings. That were th one side was the race department, and the other was the production stuff where they built the Mustangs. Okay. So all of the Shelby Mustangs were all built just right up the street here. They f did the first ones were in Venice. Okay. Were at on Princeton. Huh. The very beginning of them. But most of them that were actually California built were built at the airport. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's, um, you know, for some reason I'm kind of fascinated with the history of L.A. But even more than that, I'm kind of fascinated with the, the car culture history of L.A. So it's, um, you know, it's really cool to kind of hear that. I, I didn't really think about the, the hangars or the fact that, you know, a lot of the, the Shelby Mustangs were actually built you know, by by Shelby. It wasn't just a name. Like No, no, it wasn't until, oh, I think the last, and I could be wrong, I'm not that, I mean, I know a fair amount about it, but I think the la the first non-Shelby year was 68, where it wasn't, they weren't built by Shelby, was it 68? Okay. Maybe they okay. moved production to Detroit. Huh. There's a book, if you're interested in racing stuff, that you may have it's called where they raced i've heard of it it's a guy named harold osmer wrote wrote it it was his thesis when he went to college at i can't remember UCI. i get those two mixed up mm -hmm. if you went there you don't get them mixed up but, <laughs> but anyway he he expanded it and he's got two editions of it and really it every track every racetrack that was ever in the los angeles area wow there was a track at, at lax Really? Before it was LAX, it was called Mines Field. There was a track there, a dirt, dirt, dirt oval, a dirt road course. Really? Yeah, it wasn't just an oval. And then there was a big board track, uh, Marina Del Rey, right close to the where Culver Boulevard uh, goes up around. When you get on Culver, I don't know if, if you know the area. Here. A little bit. But anyway, very close to here, there was okay. a board track. Okay. No, it's really cool. Paramount, um, too. Wasn't there a race, Paramount Raceway? Paramount 
ranch. Yeah, yeah it's ranch, there's still yeah. remnants of that track. Yeah. That was really? just an yeah. old movie ranch, uh, old movie uh, owned by Paramount, and it's there was a racetrack, and it, they, they ran there. They even made movies there, um, and it's still. Oh, I, I don't know who owns it now, but it's still a movie huh. ranch. Okay. So in, in your opinion, you know, just kind of thinking about this now, uh, it seems like there used to be a lot more racetracks uh, around here, but probably in other parts of the country, you know, just a lot more places for people to race. Do you think that the fact that there's fewer places for people to race now has kind of contributed to, uh, I don't know, I guess the less popular professional side of racing as far as people watching? No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't. I think what's what's diluted that is the is that there's so much racing. Yeah. Not that there's so little. There's so much. Um, you know, like series you mentioned that I've never heard of. Back east, the the, the endurance series. Yeah. And then, yeah. And there's there's truck racing, NASCAR trucks, NASCAR, you know, Cup. There's na There's the whatever the Infinity. And then there's Indy cars, there's Indy lights, there's any number of amateur classes in SCCA, and any number of classes in IMSA now. Right. The cars look the same, but they're in a different class. Right. One's at 19, one's a 2007 Porsche, and one's a 2012. <laughs> and, yeah. and they're in different. I, I'm just making that up, but not much. So I think it's just so so diluted. Right. That. The the still the you know the top level get the NASCAR gets good participation and yeah. certainly Formula One does and the one race they have here but a lot of the other it's such a diverse sport now that the audience you know what if if there wasn't like the NBA is the NBA everything else is second string right and I think. And, and racing is a little bit like that now because all these other series, you never, I mean, they, nobody comes to the jump car races to watch that isn't, that aren't related to somebody or the yeah. lemons or the, or um, even the S, some of the, most of the SCCA races are not spectated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things too, that, you know, Adam and I, that, that helps me run the show. We've talked about it before. Um, but just with, with spectating races, like you were saying, there's just so many different things now that you can you can watch, um, but you only have such a limited amount of time. So you really kind of have to, you know, put your time where you feel it's most beneficial yeah. to you. And most people watching. put it in Facebook. Yeah, yeah, right. You <laughs> know, they don't. You know that they have a little artificial life. Yeah, you know, I have found have it to... interesting though. Um, as far as racing goes with Facebook, I have seen some people running Facebook live, uh, in car now for like a whole endurance race, or, you know, they'll do live in the pits yeah. and everything. So from that aspect, it kind of rejuvenates it, um, a little bit. It kind of lets people feel that they can be part of the action a little mm -hmm. bit more. But then again, why would you go to the track and watch it when someone can just stream it to you from Facebook live? So... You know, there well, might be the, more overall there's spectators. No, there's no smell. Yeah, yeah, right. Or sound. sound yeah. There's no the sound. sound. I mean, the sounds wouldn't be the yeah. same. Yeah. So As far as being at the track watching, you go look at a Formula One race, everybody's watching it on television in the pits. Yeah. They aren't watching the cars go by. No. It used to be different yeah. than that. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have any option back then. No. 
So what I do find interesting, though, if you go on YouTube, sometimes you can see some of the old SCCA runoffs races from like Road Atlanta and places uh-huh. like that from, you know, from the 70s. Yeah, I know. Uh, and that's really cool to see. And like, the, it's packed. There's tons of spectators there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I don't know what happened along the way where that changed. It's obviously part of kind of what we're talking about yeah, now. I think but... it got diluted. There's just so much of it. You can be an SCCA fan and wouldn't dare go to yeah. a lemons race. Yeah. But um, watching some of those runoffs races, some of the, you know, the like showroom stock classes, you know, these cars just going around the corners, like stock suspension, tires howling and everything. And everyone's just loving it. Yeah. So it was, uh, I like watching those races. It's very entertaining. Yeah. 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 But if, you know, if, if you were, a, uh, let's say, a, a baseball fan, and you you wouldn't watch a game. Every game you watch, you know the players, you know who they are, you know something about the history. You go to an SCCA race as a spectator, you don't know anything you don't know. about those people. You don't know yeah. which ones are the good ones and which ones are not and yeah. where they came from or anything about them. But if you go to a NASCAR race or an IndyCar race or a Formula One race, you, you know the sport. And yeah. you have to know the people to be interested in the sport, I think. Just watching a bunch of cars go around fast isn't without doesn't do it having a connection with jimmy johnson or or you know junior or, or do you think uh, they kind of have that at like a little micro level though because they do have things like the runoffs now and if you go and win runoffs that's kind of a big deal or the nasa western regional mm-hmm. finals i think that they're kind of getting like a little bit of like their own little mini mountains within each respective yeah. sanctioning body yeah, they probably are, but most of the people that come to watch know somebody in the race, yeah, that's or, true. Yeah. That's or they're true. related to somebody, or it's your mother or your father. Or yeah, yeah. I was out at a lemons race at Button Willow, um, got an invite from from Rick Hoback, and went out there and watched it. But you know, most of the people there were you know rooting for somebody because it was a family member or, or something like that. It wasn't really people were there just checking right. it out. Yeah. So. Which, like you were saying, now there's just so much racing now that people don't have to actively go to an SCCA event to see racing you know they can like you said log on to facebook or log on you know yeah it's on most of you know some of the channels are pretty obscure but a lot of races are on on television that you don't even know how to find it (laughs) yeah but they're they're covered somewhere yeah a lot of them are i don't think they'll ever do a chump car or a lemons race on television no unless it's you know channel five (laughs) local uh you know N- not at any high level. Yeah. Mav TV's kind of making more of a push. Uh, yeah, I know they yeah. were those guys were out at uh, out at Optima and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um cuz I went out to Optima last weekend. Um, I think they were at the Vara event um last week if I'm not mistaken too, Okay. so maybe Mav TV can go to a jump car race. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cover you guys. Man, come on Mav TV. Yeah. Who's, uh, who's out there? No, I I'd love to come <laughs> out sometime when you guys are racing and just hang out and, you know, yeah. root for you guys. Be like, hey, I know those guys. That's why I'm here. Yeah, come on out. We have the we have the, the prettiest car in the field. Yeah. Well, I am I am partial to uh, <laughs> to old S30s. <laughs> I am partial to old S30 chassis. So you what? Oh, partial to the old the old 240 and 260 yeah. and 280Z chassis. If I were gonna build a card for Chump Car and I really wanted to compete, I would start with a Miata. I think because yeah. it's the easiest. So I actually, um, I went to a chump car race last February at Road Atlanta, 
Uh, Ross Bentley called me up. He was in town uh-huh. uh, and was racing with Colin Braun and Jeff Braun and, and another one of um, essentially somebody that Ross Bentley was coaching uh, in Emza Lights. You were driving with them? I wasn't. I just showed up to hang out. Uh-huh. I would have loved to have been driving with them, but uh, that was really interesting, talking to those guys and, and seeing you know, like Jeff Braun's approach to amateur racing. It was almost like the same approach as it would have been to professional racing. It was just... It, it took it to the next level. It was it was really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think the pro the the thing that Bruce Mills, you know, he's he's a motorcycle racing fan more than cars, but he's both. But I think he's he's been watching professional stuff for so long he doesn't know how to make his car look shitty <laughs> and wouldn't have any interest in it. I can teach he, him. He yeah. just wants it. <laughs> he wants it to be the best it, it can be. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the highlight of that was when they first took me to Vegas, I got into it with this guy who was in a Mustang and there's a little silver bar on the front of our car that kind of sticks out. And I was following this guy and I thought I was maybe an inch behind him and I couldn't feel any contact and we were at another race. I don't remember where it maybe Willow Springs or something after and, and Bruce comes up and he said, uh, I don't know if you remember this, John, he goes, he goes, Hey Chris, I need a kind of joking with me. He goes, I need a, I need your expert opinion on something. You mind stepping over here really quick? And I said, Oh yeah. I'm thinking, Oh, okay. Like I'm getting all serious. <laughs> he pulls me around to the front of the car and he goes, what do you think that is? And he points to this chrome bar and there's something the size of a, a dime. I mean, it's not even, <laughs> it's not even visible. It's a dimple in the metal and you could only see it if you were looking at it a certain way. He goes, where do you think that came from? And I said, I, I don't know, Bruce. I don't know. And he goes, do you think maybe when you were in Las Vegas, you were following a certain Mustang <laughs> a little bit too closely? And he looked at me and it was like half of him was saying it in jest and i laughed and then the other half of him was kind of like don't touch anyone in this car (laughs) just tell him rubbing's racing Uh, i didn't i didn't say anything i just kept my mouth shut (laughs) yeah they they get you get in trouble if you hit some people okay that's just bump drafting (laughs) they don't let you do that no i don't they might like a little minor tap but if there's any what they call contact i mean they're fussier than seca really yeah for some reason because the car is probably a safety thing Yeah, I guess the safety thing. It's really good training for me, though, to be around guys like this where they tell me don't hit a curb, don't hit anyone. But then to still be fast without letting the car get away from you. I've never had to do that before, and I've definitely learned a lot from that aspect of it. So maybe a little bit from John's point of view, a little bit too strict, but uh, for the, the contact rule. Well, you know, it's... I don't know how the cars got so wrecked, so messed up when you're not allowed to hit. They must do it in their garage. Yeah, right. Because all these cars have been hit except ours. And ours have been hit several times, but they fix it. Most of them don't fix anything if something happens. Well, that's because it's, hey, I'm not afraid to dent my car up. Stay away from me. Well, we haven't been bashful about it either. No? No. Yeah, even I've crashed once <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it coda i was hit maneuver now <laughs> passing the last car i had to pass to be in the lead overall even though he was in a level above us i forget what they called the difference and uh, as i passed him i went too deep and hit a car 
into a hairpin hit hit the car that was already in the if he hadn't been there it would have been fine but i spun him out and that the bumper got folded <laughs> a big v going the wrong direction and i got black flagged and and it it cost us oh man we have video of it <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> so well, uh, anything you guys want to plug? I mean, where can people find out uh, more about you, John? I know, uh, you know, we've been yeah, it's about an hour and a half, so wow. I apologize yeah, for no, it, probably for it taking for so your, long. Oh, no, no, it's perfect. Show. It's perfect. But well, I really appreciate you having us over. You can get his book. I, I wrote a book um, uh, in 2013 that, that has my life up to pretty much the whole thing no oh, yeah except i'm still alive and it, <laughs> it ended it, it ended kind of at the end of my professional racing it, it ended when actually it ended uh, uh just just i wrote it while i was writing it shelby died it's called inside shelby american is the name of it okay it's about a lot of it's about the shelby stuff but it goes beyond that uh, it's not a you know it's kind of a depressing book but it's <laughs> i think it is for me because it was my life <laughs> but people seem to really like it especially the people that had any interest in shelby yeah. stuff awesome well yeah we'll definitely have to uh you know put some links to that stuff um can do they have a do you have a website where people uh, can get it you or? can get it on amazon okay. or you can even order it at a bookstore but <laughs> um, you can, Sylvia's uh, over there saying John Morton Racing. <laughs> yeah, some guy does a website for me. Yeah. I'm not involved in it. Okay, but, but if you or I'll take one now, if if, <laughs> if she she arra Sylvia arranged it, and the, it goes to his site, and he he has a company. He does a publication called Japanese Nostalgic Car. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And he he does the website and okay. And so we get the order and we send the book. If that's how. I, but I think a lot more more have been sold by Amazon than anybody. Okay. We've sold quite a few, several you know like I don't know several cases. Okay. Well, that's great. No, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to get you uh, you know some more readers. There's actually a decent amount of people that listen to the show. I have no idea why. But uh, <laughs> but they do. That's I, I well, it's an it's, it's pretty casual. It's an easy yeah. one. You don't have to get nervous before you do it. Yeah, I like the format, the way you guys do it. I started listening to it when I was at work, and I was just like, man, this is really really good. And you have a lot of great people on, so yeah. I think that's where your uh, your fan base has really come from. Is out of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and the other problem is that uh, you know Adam and I we've kind of been in the car thing. Adam's been in it longer than I have, but we're kind of sponges when it comes to automotive stuff so i just kind of i don't know it it consumes my life absolutely consumes my life yeah. <laughs> can i throw a, can i throw a, a shameless plug out? yeah absolutely if anybody wants to uh email me to pick up a ride or do some testing or anything like that uh they can reach me at chris races cars at hotmail.com awesome yeah thanks sure thing well we really appreciate it guys uh sylvia you have anything that you would like to uh to promote Books. JohnMortonRacing.net. You can get autographed copies. Okay. You can even get one of her novels there. Awesome. Nice. So, it well, hasn't got anything to do with racing. 
Well, really appreciate your guys' time. Uh, yeah, love to have well. you on the Thank show, you. Uh, you know, sometime again in the future and maybe come out to a Trump car race sure. with you guys. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Well, and thank- maybe you never know, we might move up. Yeah. To the next <laughs> Something level. Something else to WRL, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, yeah. it's been fun and enjoyed it. I think yeah. you've got a, a good thing here. Ah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. If you like this show, be sure to check out a lot of our other episodes. We have a pretty full catalog now with a lot of interesting guests, uh, all pertaining to driving, racing, autocross, track day stuff. So lots of good content there if you're just finding us now. Uh, if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend. You can find us at facebook.com slash show. You can leave us reviews and ratings in the iTunes store, and you can also check out our website at www.tracktune.com. Tune in to our next episode where we have multiple-time winning SCCA solo national champion David Whitener on as a guest.